Hey, this is Matteo Lane. I'm Emma Wilman. And this is Inside the Closet. Inside the Closet. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Inside the Closet. I'm Emma Wilman and I'm here with... Matteo. And today we catch up, we get to some questions, we talk about something we've never discussed before, which is our writing process for how we come up and refine material. And it's a great episode on our crystal clear new microphones. This is Inside the Closet, where we document our lives as gay comedians coming up in the mainstream comedy circuit, and you guys have a front row seat. Thank you for being here. Here's the episode. Awesome. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Closet. I Welcome. have absolutely no idea what I sound like. I'm wearing headphones for no particular reason. I can't hear myself. You can't in hear yourself in headphones? No, but I have a little stand, so it feels a little more professional. Yeah, Mateo's little stand. He's got it, the stand uh, that for his microphone, not for him. He's not propping himself up in a stand. But the microphone stand, because we're recording at Mateo's place, we were trying to prop it up in a um, banana holder. But... It, well, it's not even so much a banana hole. It's just my, it's a bowl. My, it's a bowl. Just a bowl with a a pure black plantain that my boyfriend yep. keeps convincing me is the way you're supposed to eat it now. I'm like, it is what dead ten days ago. I mean, the D- Dia de los Muertos wouldn't go near this thing. It is looks, he gonna cut it up and fry it? Yeah, Kike, what are you gonna do with this thing? What are you gonna do with this banana? Something like that. He's gonna something like that. Some kind of sexual experiment. Well, that thing's not going up anyone's ass because it's gonna just get mushy the second you touch it. I had a conversation with a straight guy about the two of you about the two of you that I thought was really cute. So um, I'll tell you who it is afterwards. Tell uh, me now. Well, um, so it was, but it, really nice. It's this guy I really like, and we were talking about. Is he a comic? No, okay. we were talking about comedians, and um, and <laughs> I was like, uh, we we're we we're talking. We were talking about you guys, and then I was like, have you seen Mateo's boyfriend? He's so, like, he's so gorgeous. I, not to objectify you, I said he's really nice, too, but I was like, he's really gorgeous. And then he, then the guy, straight guy, married a woman, he goes, yeah, he goes, he is gorgeous. He goes, but I think Mateo's really pretty. He's like, I think Mateo's even more, um, Mateo's more my type. And I was like, and then the girl was like, oh, I think, um... His boyfriend's more my type, and I was like, "Well, Mateo's more the girl one in it, so you're probably more attracted to him because you're straight." And then I was like, "And then Kike is more like the man one, so that's why you're attracted to him." And they were like, "Well, then why'd you say Kike was?" I was like, "No, I think Mateo <laughs> is beautiful. I I think Mateo is beautiful, but I'm just well, saying not right now. his boyfriend. I was just saying Kike is gorgeous." And then we pulled up a picture of Kike, and I was like, "See, like, see," and they were like, "Yeah, no, no, he's gorgeous." Not there. I was like, do I know these people? Yeah, I'll tell you afterwards. But I was all flustered because they were like, well, then if Kike is the man one, why are you saying like, the man one? I was like, no, I'm not saying like, I'm just saying I think his boyfriend's very good looking. I wasn't saying it like that, obviously. Two minutes but, later, you're like written up in an article and you're fired. I was, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, but I thought it was, I think that it's like progress in the heterosexual male that a heterosexual guy was just so comfortable being like, because women used to, always, like straight women used to be more comfortable being like, oh, that woman's pretty. If I was going to date women, I'd date her. Women still say that all women the time. Women still say that. But now I think it's progress for straight but men. But I feel women say that towards women that they want to look at, look like. like. Wow, you hit the nail on the You know head. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. she's so pretty. She's so soft. I would lo- I want to date her. Do you want to date her or do you want to look like her? Because sometimes <laughs> gay dating can be like that too. Do I want to date this guy or do I just want to look like him? You hit the nail on the head for, definitely I've noticed that was straight women and I did that with boyfriends I had this boyfriend Jake and I wanted to look like Jake I was like I like what did Jake look like he was blonde he was a jock he was like 
really muscular. And I remember, like, I wanted to be Jake. Is he still blonde and muscular and a jock? And bald now. Oh, yeah. With, like, a mustache. Man, the balding can really kill it. But I'm losing my hair. So it's, like, the day that I go bald is, like, I have to figure out something else. Because people don't care that I paint and draw. But it or do won't, comedy. Well, <laughs> why'd you put paint and draw first? Well, because I, all the other capabilities that I have. You know what I mean? That's the I know, first thing that came to mind because like my painting is behind you. You're a professional comedian and performer. Yeah, I know, but sometimes I feel like I still haven't let go of that drawing life that I have. And I'm like, that's all I have people to People don't care that I'm a painter. Yeah, a lot of people don't care that you're a painter. They, they think of you as a comedian. I know. Well, that is true. I mean, I am a professional comedian. Is it weird to say that we're professional comedians? It's so fucking weird. I always am like, like when someone says, "I'm a professional comedian," it feels so weird. Professional. I, I mean, I'm up there just talking about dicks and Peggy the doll from the Zach Baggins <laughs> haunted mansion, which is <laughs> a professional. Com- it does feel really. It feels really surreal because I'll always be like, "Well, I'm trying." Of course, we're but still we are like actually we're professional. Like that is what we do at this level. We're professional. And when you go to other cities and you then I then I. Sometimes when I'm watching other comedy, I'm like, oh, I do feel kind of professional because I try to, like, really edit things so I have, like, jokes and put on a show. Uh, let's uh, Okay, before we get into, like, personal stuff, we've never really talked about this, but we should talk about, for a second, just the way that we do our creative process. I yes. actually don't know how you write jokes. I don't... And one tab note about losing the hair... It's not going to get lost all at once. Like, it's not, like you're going to... The second you I have, know, but it's like a painful, slow death. But I'd the, rather it just go... Than, than me every really? day being like, oh, it's, it's going away. You mean you'd rather just wake up and have no hair? I mean, no. That would, a, that would be a nightmare. No. Kiki, can you notice my hair going, like losing? Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? What's he supposed to say? He can say yes. I no, complain about can't. it every single day. He said one time no, if he was he super can't. rich, he'd buy me hair. Um, he can't say. If he said yes right now, then we'd have to stop. There'd be a fight. Uh, actually, strangely enough, I don't think we'd fight over that. We fought over weirder stuff. That's a total setup. It's like when a girl asks, like, does this make me look fat? Kike, does my thinning hair make me look fat? Yes. No! (laughs) Emma's freaking out. Maybe Kike and I are very real in our relationship. (laughs) You know, I wish that guys could wear wigs in the same way that women can wear wigs. Well, they might and just don't talk about it. Yeah, but, but... but I think they have less be, options. Be, but it would be so ridiculous if I came out and just was quaffed with like this Hercules hair right. on stage and never. And then the next day, not like the next day, like had a. Oh hat. yeah, totally. Could you get extend? Not not. Yeah, you could get extension. No, I, I'm, look, everyone's like, you can do this, you can do that, you can do this. I'm so extreme. I'm like, oh no, I will wait to get money and get that. The plus. That yes. And then what do they do again? They take out hair from the back of your head and bring it to the front of your head, or they can clone it. And so then what's on the to, back of your head? It just like a little hair. sign where it says hair used to be. Kind of. Check like the a, front. Yeah. It's like a scar. But well, some has a scar and some have it. They just like, they call it harvesting, which I wish they didn't use that word. Yeah. Because that sounds, it yeah. sounds almost like alien-esque if we're harvesting your hair. Mm, like, mm. okay, let's, let's not like jump to like alien versus predator. Totally. It's just my hair. It, I am like writing jokes about it though. So I'm like becoming more, like I say, like I sculpt my hair in such a way that when the wind blows, I turn my head to the direction of whatever the way the wind is. So oh I'm God. walking forward, but my head is looking completely left. Wow. I do everything. I, I, I'm sort of subconsciously always having my hair on my mind. Huh? 
And if I see other men with great hairlines, I'm furious. It's interesting because I get it with, that's how I feel with the acne. Like when I was having really bad skin problems, I'd always be thinking about the acne. By the way, your skin still looks amazing. It looks better than ever because of this goddamn, um, Antibiotics and the diet. Yeah, I can't. Because this is good for you. This is your well, drinking. So I can't. So I'm drink, I've got a, I got a juice at Starbucks so I can drink all the stuff in it. I can't have apple. So there's no apple in this. Celery is considered like medium level, like irritating. But Why? all this it's stuff is like, low I, irritating. Celery is like water. It's so weird what's, what's considered the irritating. What's an apple and a lemon? Uh, lemons are yellow. But so you can have yellow food. I can have lemon, but apples, I guess, are irritating. So I get so maybe it's the fiber. Like I'm not supposed to have too much fiber. It's supposed to be like tough to digest. Like the things that make fiber good for you, where it would keep you full for a long time, would make it hard for me to digest. So can you not have like fiber one cereal? No, definitely not. But the the thing that well, gets how are you supposed to take a shit? Well, the thing that's so fucking is frustrating is when I'm traveling now. Like I after my second show in DC. I'd, I was feeling really good and I was starving and I went to a place where they custom make pizza and I got in line. I'm like, fuck, like, oh, I'm going to sound like a psycho because I can't have tomato sauce. So I got up to the counter and I was like, this is going to be a little weird. And he was like, nothing's weird. And I was like, okay, can I have um, gluten-free crust and vegan cheese? And he's like, not weird. And I was like, and no tomato sauce. He's like, okay. And I was like, and bacon. And he went, oh. And I was <laughs> like, see? So it's just tough with eating. You but. can get like a white pizza. That's totally pop. That's not weird. White pizza, yeah, but it'd have to be white with no white sauce. So just be like, yeah, just white. How long do you have to stay on this diet for? Man, I don't Forever. know. I'm scared to go. I'm scared to go off it because I don't want to get skin problems again. But it's theoretically like six weeks, and then I can start reintroducing foods. But I don't want to. I don't want to because I just I relate to that when you've got something that you feel uncomfortable about, and then you just feel it. Well, it's you know what it is. It's like it's it's kind of the same way I like it. It's like before it came out, all I could think about was the fact that I was gay. So yeah, everything totally. Everything had like this gayness to it. Like how am I walking? How am I looking? How am I standing? How am I acting? Like everything is to like not let people know that you're gay. Yeah. And then you know once you accept that you're gay, your brain latches onto other things to worry about because oh, you're just so, so used to worrying about stuff. That's so interesting because that's kind of like it is where they say with like addicty people, like you're so used to the chaos of the addiction that then you recreate it and other ways yeah oh yeah absolutely so for me it's not so much about creating chaos it's like i'm just worrying about what i'm what i'm supposed to worrying about anything that's why being in the closet is so harmful and tough i it's so tough because like all that mental energy into hiding who you are is like corroding your body and it also depends on the type of personality that you are too you know what i mean like it will affect you different way we're so extrovert that it's hard for us to not want to be ourselves all the time. Right. So it just depends. If, if you're introverted, then you'd just be like... I guess it's even worse. Yeah, it'd be... Because I, I recharge from being alone. I'm just very outgoing. But... I recharge from being alone, too, to tell you the truth. That can mean you're an introvert. Myself. Yeah, maybe I am more of an introvert. A lot of performers are. I, I was just, like, trying to learn about it. Because I was like, I do not... Because my girlfriend's much more, like, recharges from, like, being around people. Yeah, she seems very, like, open. And, by the way, I really want to, But wanna, I'm maybe like, more outgoing. I really want to hang out with her. We yeah, have not, she's very we, nice. We've both not been in town for two and a half months. Yeah. But now that we're both here, we should do a double date. That'd and, be great. I would love to get to, I don't want to say her name, but the art therapist, I would love to get to know her. Yeah, she's a good person. But I do think that's interesting because I've noticed, like, Kika and I have gotten into fights because it's like, I exert all my energy and extrovertism when yep. I'm on stage 
Then I get off stage and I want to clam up. Yep. I don't have, I can't, like, the thought of going to, like, a club or going to do something even more social kind of gives me anxiety. I relate 100%. And then it's, like, confusing. I, I actually had that on our therapist's birthday. I had these two shows and I felt like both of them were ex- extremely draining. And then she was out with her friends and I, like, felt, like, really weird about it. But I was like, I got to just, like, walk around and decompress. Mm-hmm. And it probably sounds so weird because mm-hmm. it's like you don't want to, like, why can't. But it was like my body was just, like, shutting down about being around people. Even mm-hmm. if it's people I, like, like and enjoy being around. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's like, I think when you go from being, like, the center of attention and there's not, not like it's fun, not like you're at a birthday party. You're, there's a huge amount of pressure on you to deliver and be funny right. and da, da, da. And then. You're like stimulated, stimulated. The second you leave, it's like you don't want to. I don't want to be around anybody. Right. I, I could wanna, listen, you know, but like the pressure of any kind of talking, I'd be like, it's too much. I'd have to pretend I was mute. Kind of. But is there some? I mean, yeah. I guess that's finding a balance because we keep talking about like, I mean, my natural, which I never was like this until I started performing. But my natural instincts are now like. I want to be home. I want to feel... I'm always on the road. I'm always traveling. Oh, I I'm always love never home. to be home. I want to be home. And I that's something about getting home. in your 30s, too. Like, yeah. I've heard people... like the, I'm old. I'm 32. Me, too. Getting home, when I come home, and, like, it's just, like, if there's, like... And I'm, like, done with stuff, and I can just, like, be on my phone. Yeah. In my... Being on my just phone some, in my home. Finally, just some alone time with <sighs> just me and my phone. Yep. A lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same way, but I, I am trying now to be more of an extrovert. So, like, I took today off. Great. So, today, we're going to have, like, a museum day. Oh, fun. And then we're going to go get drinks and go to dinner with friends who are oh, from that's out great. of town. That's great. But and you have a good time doing that. Yes. Because you're not also performing. Yes. Yes. I get it. I DK, totally... why are you turning yourself away from me? Don't you agree with this? Yeah. He's just rolling over. He's just rolling over. We got into a lot of fights this past week. Well, it's a big adjustment when you guys all of a sudden are like living together again. Yeah. Because I'm used to my way of living and he's used to his way of living, but now he's here. Right. And then I'm here with someone else. And then we're trying to figure out how to make that work and like be in each other's lives, but also him have his independence and me have my independence. Yep. That's definitely one of the toughest things with long distance relationships. Let's get, let's do your, the question about writing process. We're going to oh, take yeah. a quick... So when we get back, we're going to talk more about your writing process. Yes, your writing this process. This is Inside the Closet. Thank you so much. Hi, thanks so much for listening to Inside the Closet. Just to remind you, we are here with Emma Willman and Matteo Lane talking about the writing process. We are back. I'm doing like fresh air, like they always remind you every 10 minutes. This is fresh air. Why do they We're remind you every 10 minutes? Smart people turn, listen to NPR though, so know, why they be, know what the fuck they're listening they to. They do it on the radio, so when you turn the radio, you get in your car, you turn the radio on. Right. They Every 10 minutes, if you listen, hopefully you'll catch, this is NPR, we're talking with Reese Witherspoon. Ah, right. great. So they throw that in there. So the person who just jumped in on the conversation knows, knows where they're at. On. Yeah. NPR, I was like traumatized by it because my mom listened to it and my dad always listened to it. And I got, I like hated it in the car because I was like, can't we listen to Backstreet <laughs> on the way to school? NPR does not pump you up for kindergarten. I want it that way. Tell me why. I love them. I heard that echo in the whole building. Yeah. They're like the gay guy singing again. There, are there any other gay people in your building? Um, can everyone please let Ariana Grande know I have whistle tones? Did did it? What ended up happening with that thing you retweeted? It got like fifty thousand views. Anything from Ariana? Nothing. Man, you think fifty fifty thousand to her is nothing? I mean, if it got How a did million, she deal? it'd be close to like getting to her, her attention. People. Yeah, but I mean, 
I don't think it's going to go. I mean, Mariah Carey, you know when I met Mariah Carey, everyone just kept asking, did you do your whistle tone for her? Oh, really? Did you? No. I I didn't even think to ask. I wouldn't even dream. Although everyone asked how she smelled. Oh, they did. So I wasn't the only no, one. Every How single fucking person interesting. Asked it because I think she it makes looks her like a real person. Good. And it looks like it makes her a real person. It's like so she's not like a, it doesn't sound like a hot smell like a hospital. It's like she's got an actual right. scent. She did do her whistle tone for us though. It, so here's why it would have been totally weird if you do a whistle tone. That's her thing. That's what exactly. she's known for. Yep. So it's like. What are you going to do? Like, it's almost like, what's also, what's she going to say? She's going to be like, great job. Right. She's Which not going to care. Is, but she would, she would hate it. I know she would hate it. Well, it's, it. It'd be like someone in the smallest microcosm, someone being like, let me tell you a joke or something, which is fine. Is or trying to out funny me at the moment I'm supposed to be the star. Yeah. Like, and you're I like, don't, you don't need to do that. Even, but she did the elevator door open and she, instead of her going, hi, she went, <laughs> really? Yeah. And it was like. It was kind of, it was a very loud whistle. I was the only one fucking listening because everyone else was fucking screaming. I was the only one listening. And she did a little. <laughs> That's what she did. Wow. <clears throat> Maybe it was even longer. Like, <laughs> like someone's just like squeezing her toes or something. Yeah, but the, her her voice jumped right up there. <laughs> All right, so I went. We, okay, yeah, writing never, process. I think we've barely done this. We've barely dove into like our writing process. But Ugh. the only reason I asked is because I often get asked this a lot. People who don't understand comedy don't understand there's a million different ways because they say, that well, how do you come up with material, right? And and there's so many ways to write jokes. I mean, just Or they'll as an ex- say, don't put me in your act, and it's like, don't worry about it. I mean, I was talking to a woman on Delta who she was like, don't put this in your act. I was like, what? Where? How? What would I put in that? What would I yeah, say? Right. So yeah. I talked to this woman on Delta. She got me the cheapest flight. Right. <laughs> but I'm bummed. But I'm bummed. You can quote me so, on that. Um, there's a bunch of comedians we know who, when they write jokes, they sit at coffee shops, they write, they talk to other people. Some people write on stage. Some people write. I mean, there's a million ways people write jokes. Some people don't write jokes. And also, no matter the one common thread with however they write jokes is you repeat them then. Yes. You can't. That's what actually, that was one thing. You have just, to repeat them. You have to repeat it a bunch to condense it down and then make it seem like it's the first time you're saying it. I like it. And I truly believe that all art works in the same way. You go from general to specific. So mm. like the easiest way to understand this is every sculpture someone gets is a block of marble, right? And you have to chip away and away and away and away. Talk about fucking pressure. Because if you fuck up the marble, then you got to go buy a whole new piece. Well, in this case, the marble. Right, right, right. right. I won't get too stressed out about this hypothetical scenario, (laughs) but Jesus Christ. What do you, you have to practice on, like. Marble. Who pays for the marble? I mean, it. Okay. So I'll I'll take my ADD pills. (laughs) I'm I'm literally taking them as we speak. You're going to take them right now? Yeah, because, yeah. That stressed you out? Not at all, but it just made me be like, oh, you haven't I, taken your ADD pills today because I spent 20 you, minutes on the marble. Yeah, but who else is interested? We should do a Patreon about it. <laughs> I'm taking my pills. I'm going to make By the a way, swallow I'm gonna sound, everybody. I'm going to be doing Patreons now three times a week. I'm going to try and do more videos, and I'm going to try and draw my put my art process on Patreon and show yeah. people how I do art. Oh, if you guys would be interested, I could show you how I work on a joke on Patreon. I have a joke I'm trying to work on that's very gay. We could work on it right now. Oh, God. Let's talk about our writing process first. Okay. So, okay. So for yeah. those at home, if you think about it this way, every sculptor works with a block of marble and you have to slowly chip away and slowly and slowly. And the more you chip, the more you can define the details. So jokes are the same way. You start with something really broad. But you know that there's inside that broadness is the joke. Right. There's so you, something funny there. And you're like, and then sometimes you'll be ruminating like, what is it? What is it? What is what's funny the funny part? What's right. the, but, but, but you, certain things you're, it, it's almost not spiritual. That's the wrong word. But there is this kind of psychic, like subconscious flow to it with me where I'm like, okay, I know something's funny with specifically with this joke. I just have to dig. And, and will then, you walk around and think that? Or you sit down I, and write it out? I or? normally 
go on stage with the idea and talk it out. Like I had my ghost hunters joke, my ghost adventures joke, and it started probably six minutes long, which I knew it would get condensed to about a minute right. 30. And now it's at about a minute, two minutes long. Well, it's so funny too. Cause like we know, yeah, it's, Oh, there's an ambulance going by guys. Um, that's, de- that's my ride. That, uh, I just, I call go. my Uber. I have a special Uber. And you just dial 911. Yeah. And they say, Liza. Ultra luxury car. Y- yes. That's how you know you're like a big spender. You go in a fucking... She said one time on Inside the Actress Studio, she was like, my favorite noise is New York traffic. Jesus. And then she said her least favorite noise, ambulances. I was like, that's all New York that's traffic That's New York is. traffic. Also, <laughs> that's the only noise you've heard for the past 40 God. years. So Louis Anderson said something about what your writing process is. Who did? Louis Anderson. Not he. He was just talking generally, but he said that people that work it out on stage and then condense it. He goes, if you bring it in, he goes, and you don't know what the ending will be. He goes, the pressure will make you sometimes make you come up with an ending. Oh, the the adrenaline. See, for me, I write this way because I have naturally been writing and speaking jokes because that's how my family works. Right. So when I was a kid, and there's 15 of us at the table. And my family is, I'm talking, funny. Quick, right. So naturally, I was learning how to jump in and yeah, add get things on, in. get a line in. Right. So I, I sort of use that process. When I write a joke, I realize I start, there's two people I text. And I say, I have an idea. Can I just throw this at you? Because I have to have that bounce back and forth. Right, totally. Because when I hear someone say something, my natural instincts are to jump on that and think of something else. And the bounce back and forth I've also, actually never thought of that out loud before until right now. Oh, that's it. Because it, it, that's interesting. And the bounce back and forth helps too because a lot of comedy is also about like exaggerating because it's like some people laugh at something so like ridiculous. Right. So then when someone says it, then you like take it up another level and right. then that helps. Too. I actually did it with Keith Robinson last week at the, at the cellar. We were doing that Comedy Central show and the topic was Thanksgiving. So I was thinking, what is funny about my family Thanksgiving? And so he's thinking about conversations this and that. And I talked about how they talk, my family talks about hunting and Keith goes, why don't you say that every Thanksgiving to make conversations interesting, you have to come out of the closet again every year. Oh, that's and funny. And then I jumped and said, yes, and every year they have to deny it in a new way. Right. And so right there, I was like, oh, that was the bounce back and right. forth that I'm so trained into the jump on whatever someone else jumped on. That's how I write. Yeah, there's, I, so I'll do that. Or I'll be thinking about, a lot of times I'll think something seems like weird and then just like weird or it's funny to me or I'll think there's something strange there and then I'll build from that. But I'll usually try to write that in my phone and then I'll see where like that thesis or that like thought could go in with something else. And then when I have that, when I'm on stage, I'll say the first like joke that I've done a million times, then I'll put the new one in there to like see how it would flow with the rest of that. And I'll just start like shuffling stuff around. And there's this joke I've been working on about boy bands where I was doing that and doing that and doing that. And it was like kind of working, kind of working, kind of working. And then it starts to fail sometimes. But then over this week, yeah. And then I put, well, if that happens then I'll kind of give it a rest. But then this Mm -hmm. weekend I noticed if I put it after one thing, it helped it it helped me then get the ending to it, but yeah. now I could do it as a standalone joke. Except for there's it, there's a callback in it, so it which is when you like if you repeat something you said earlier in the set, it's like an automatic laugh, even if just because people are like, "Wow, I remember you said that." that. Yeah, what when I do fuck? my yeah, and if you do it 
when you're talking to someone in a normal conversation, it makes them feel recognized. There's this like that's like a, a tactic people have. Like if they're if they're like, oh, like as you mentioned before, as we were saying, and then someone's like, oh, this person's really in tune with this conversation. <laughs> yeah. You know. By the way, my breath smells like coffee. I just realized. That. Oh, I'm Sorry. chug. I had so much coffee. So some there was this guy I was talking to about this joke I was doing about um, how I was opening for Louis C.K. and then. After the allegations against him came out, people were like, did he jerk off in front of you? And I would say no. And then people would be like, oh, like, why not? And then him mm-hmm. and I were talking it out. And he was like, oh. And I had said in the joke, and I hadn't been aware of it, I had I'd said, like, you know, not me. Like, everyone's saying me too. And I'm like, not me. But I'd been saying it kind of as a throwaway. And he was like, you could say there's, like, the not me movement. Mm-hmm. So there's the me too movement and then the not me movement. And then we did, like, an act out where there's, like, a whole panel of people being like, me too, me too, me too, me too. And then at the end, I'm like, not me. But because <laughs> because he – I had said it, but I hadn't even noticed it. So then when I was talking about it, uh, that made me notice it, where I was like, oh, yeah, I hadn't even – Thought of it. Thought of it. Yeah, it is funny when you talk to people and you they they – you're already seeing something in a different perspective right. and then they see something you're saying in an even more different perspective. That's kind of what comedy is. is you're, it's just a constant curveball right. to the audience because you're bringing something up that they might not view. Like I did that joke about, and it's not a, an easy joke per se, but it's just as funny to think that Mike Pence wants to round up the gays and I said if the government knocked at my door and said, you know, you're coming to gay prison, I'd right, say right. sign me up. Right, please, yeah. That sounds I, I'm paying for that premium on porn and now just... <laughs> now like, I get it for free. I think, too, like, how do you feel when you have other comedians who have different writing process than you? Not that they look down on ours, but, like, I'll see people, like, who I admire and respect. Do you transcribe yours ever? No, never. Oh, see, I do that sometimes, and that actually really does help me. See, to me, when I've tried to write right, it destroys the, for me. It makes it not fun. It makes it not even sound alive. Right, yeah. And there's some comics, I realize my delivery, like, I, I have been told the way I talk to an audience is as if we're sitting down and chatting. Right. Like just having a gab. Right. And if I am too structured in that gab, it feels less genuine. And so everything I say, I try and make it as conversational as possible while secretly adding in punches. What, at least so when every you did so when seconds. you do late night, they make you they usually make you like send yes, in I've a transcript. That. So I then did you that. did it. Yeah. Because I that's the first time people I hate had, it. and people had said like, oh you gotta transcribe your stuff and I'd be like eh. And then, and some people will write that way where they'll like write it out and they'll be like, okay, then where can I have the ending, the punchline here? And then they'll like sit and like do writing exercises to come up with it. But see, then I watched Michelle Wolf and I watched, I watched her at the cell the other night and I was so blown away. I was so blown away. I'm sure she writes all her stuff out. Yeah, she seems. I should add, you know what? I think part of her writing process is because I saw on her Instagram, she would, she reads a lot of interesting news articles yeah so animal news and this news where i'm just focused on like msnbc npr howard but you Stern. do more but she, she does more topical stuff she does so that makes more but at a certain point it's not like you can like sit all day and be like what what happened in my family in 1997 <laughs> so yeah i think reading news can be a good way to like oh yeah just get your brain but cranking. she just she had this set and i had heard some of the jokes but they've developed into something even newer that her set was so fresh and so funny, it blew me away. Hmm. And I and I sat there thinking, because for me, if I write a new joke, I don't know, if I get like four new minutes a month, I'm happy. Four new minutes a month, I mean, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, I'm sure I get more than that because I work so much, and both of us do. Four new minutes a month would be good. Yeah, because I that, think that would be. What's four times 12? Oh, I mean, God, here we do, here we, we have to do math. Uh, four times 12. Three times four is. 
12. 12. So you, two, one, Kike. I don't even know what you're doing right now. I don't even know. Kike. Two, one. What's 12 times four? Wow. Tw- uh, an well, if you do 12 here. plus 12 plus 12 plus 12, two, four, six, okay, so eight. Okay, so 24 plus 24, 88. Thank you. So that'd be 88 minutes a year if you have four new minutes each month. Oh, that's good. If I had a new hour each month, I'd be very right? happy. 48? Here's the thing. It's 48. When I thought uh, 88 sounded high. God, Emma, oh, we don't 48. know math. Because, yeah. How did you pass math class? Cheating. Me too. I actually, Cheating and I failed math in sec- my sophomore year That's so fun. School. So that's actually something I've been writing about recently is about, and this was something I always thought was funny and I would say it in conversation and people would think it was funny, but I hadn't written it out. But I used to spend more time figuring out ways to cheat than it would have taken to just study and learn. Well, that's and the so way- I started doing like jo- a joke about like when you put all your intentions into something that is like a waste of time when actually going the direct way is easier. But it's but in a way it's about authority. I think those who and cheat cheating teaches hustling skills. It does. Yeah, because I'm fucking, you become I still creative use skills today. Yeah, I, and I'm not people skills. Cheating. I used to I used to put hours in every week. Making sure I was sitting in the right spot, friends with the right people. I'm like bringing the yeah. person I cheated off of, like water and cookies, we like keeping them hydrated. System in my German class, really we put up the letter one, and then two taps was B. Now, who were you? Who was willing to let you cheat off of them? Well, it was a mutual cheating. So uh, me and my you were friend given, Kevin see, I would cheated. Right Adderall. And I got caught junior in high school. Oh, I got I was, caught cheating too. Yeah, twice. In science I class. I used to actually cheat when we had to do like maps. I would draw the map on my desk and then quickly write in the letter that started with each. Like I remember we had to do like a map of Africa and all the countries in Africa. So I quickly drew Africa. How weird is school that like that you like have to go and like do all this stuff. I know. It's so, it's so ridiculous. Weird. And it's like, I mean, I know like. Teach me how to do taxes at some fucking point in all this schooling. Like teach me how to do taxes. Teach you how to do taxes and, and teach you how to work well with others. Yeah. Because all I did was get called faggot and try and memorize the map of Africa. Right. And it was like, Not well, productive. Not really that productive. Yeah. I mean, I know where Morocco, Egypt, and South Africa And it's are. good because it's like teaching how to use your brain. Well, a lot of it's memory. Like, I, I'm a very tactile learner. So memorizing and reading, that doesn't help. Like, hearing and touching, that's totally. why I'm so into the arts. Because arts and language. That's right. why I'm so into the language, too. Because, like... Hearing something and then trying to process that back, that was like, it was like, well, you should be good at math because you're good at music and language. Nope. And it's like, no. So how'd you get caught cheating? Uh, one, I had a cheat sheet that my friend Kevin made. And, and then those I cheat had it sheets, underneath. think about that. Th- th- was, did you guys write in little tiny writing? Yeah, of yeah. course. Like, like, like. It takes hours. Oh, I mean, you, your friend Kevin probably spent like 10 hours on that. He's a fireman now. Amen. And what does he have to know about German or math? He's right. got to put out a fire and save people. Yeah, which and he, he learned, doesn't need to know where Uganda is. And he learned discipline by by those cheating fucking with me. Cheat sheets. Yeah, he should thank you. Absolutely, he should thank me. So he, so you, he, you had the cheat sheet. I had a cheat sheet, and then it was a student teacher who caught it, and then she. Like, <laughs> What'd you say? Did you fess up to? I was it? like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what am I going to say at that point? I was like, right. yeah. Yeah. When I got caught, it was, I had gotten cocky and lazy and I ha- didn't have a cheat sheet. I literally had the science book open uh, down on the floor and then I had like my backpack on top of it and then I would like move my backpack around to like look at the answers on the page. Like I hadn't done a cheat sheet that day. And then the teacher, Mr. Bonatti came over and he was like, <laughs> Emma. Italian. And he moved my backpack and he goes, your book is open to the answers on the um, qu- <laughs> test. And I was like, uh-huh. I didn't. 
And I was going to lie. I was like, I didn't. Yeah, I'm cheating. He goes, I know. And I was like, yep, I've been cheating this. Yep, I'm cheating. And he was like, okay. And then I got detention. I didn't even. I was like. I don't even think teachers care. Yeah. I I fucking hated school. I mean, it was such a night. I I think I really have a hard time talking about middle school and high school. I've like blocked it all out. At this point, I, had, I liked my friends in high school. I had because I my I liked my friends, but I mean, we drank and smoked a lot. I most of my friends were because I was in um, Arlington Heights, which is a suburb of Chicago. But by the time I was fifteen, all my friends were just in the city, mm. so I wasn't even hanging out with. My Did they have fake friends. IDs or what were they doing? No, I mean, it was just 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 different group of friends because right. my, my cousin Megan, it's kind of so Italian. My cousin Megan was dating this guy named Caesar, and Caesar. He, lived, he lived in the city. And then I just became best friends with him and his friends. So by the age fifteen, I was already—I mean, it was a train, couple train stops away, anyways, right. you know. But I was already just in the city. I wasn't even—I wasn't even in the suburbs anymore. I was right. like like You're a city over boy. It. But in a way, it kind of worked. I like I completely excluded myself from the rest of high school, and huh. I was just being so relentlessly made fun of until senior year. That's so year. awful. I know. And then senior year, I came with a goatee and new clothes, and I won homecoming king. Are you serious? But I won it because I'll tell you why. Because we were like, "Oh, you were popular." No, it was me and five guys on the football team. A goatee and new clothes. Yeah. Goatee, goatee. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Wow. But so the football team had to divide their votes between five men. The choir only had one person to vote for. And the choir is bigger than the football team. That's so... Because it's not just the the normal choir. There's the female choir, the junior choir, and the the advanced choir. So you emerged (laughs) from the ashes. I got student government for something similar to that when I did when I was in college I did uh, my friend started the Caribbean Culture Association oh that's right you and so that? I did PR for them with, when they were trying to find a PR P- someone for the from the islands this is college oh in Maine there would in someone from the islands they didn't have a PR person then I just ended up being in the Caribbean Culture Association which obviously did a lot of work with the Black Student Association so uh, senior year when they were trying to find the alumni representative when they were voting on it the BSL and the Caribbean Culture Association all voted for me. And that's not the majority, but anything else was split. So then I won because it was like (laughs) the whole, it was so fucking convoluted. Like it was like, cause I was like, how did I win? Oh my God, the Caribbean Culture Association and BSO got me in there. And then, you know, it was, my cousin Kelly did something really funny in, isn't there a dish called jambalaya? Of course. Yeah. It's delicious. Uh, What is it? What's in a jambalaya? Jambalaya is rice, uh, chorizo, sausage, mm-hmm. um, and lots of spices. Something I could not eat right now. She did this thing where she wanted to try and see how many pictures she could get taken in the yearbook with this doll named Jambalaya. Like what? after the dish. Was it a New Orleans doll or something? No, it was just oh. like a, I think it was like a, a paper doll or something huh. like that. So she went and she just, on the day that the, the yearbook would take pictures, for all the groups, she just kept going in each group. And if you write your name, they just, they know how, like, you have to do it in a certain order. So there's my cousin Kelly, and then it would say Kelly Mac, or Kelly, uh, and then Jambalaya. Oh, boy. And then so she got into, like, seven different groups in the yearbook. And, and finally no one they noticed? caught on, and they, she got in trouble. But she thought it'd be really funny to put <laughs> that in. How much trouble did she get in? I don't remember, but, I mean, she graduated at that point. But they were just like, did you 
put in this doll named Jeff right. Fryer, like because <laughs> she's in, in the, all like, the ones math with you. group or whatever. And no one else in the groups thought to look at her and say like, "You're not in this group." Well, no one in math group saying shit. They're all scared for their lives constantly. She wasn't like Queen Bee, but she right. was very funny. She like duct taped herself. Her friends duct taped her to a pole one time. And Jesus, <laughs> that sounds awful. And the police came and they were like screaming at her. And they have pictures of it. How'd they get her down? They had to just cut it and tear it off. Jesus God. Things you do in high... I remember in high school once, me and my friend Sam, like, egged part of my mom. Like, it, not my mom's house, but, like, she had a, we, like, egged it. We thought it was funny. And she was like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and we were just were like, oh, we thought that was... I truly don't know what... Like, the things that you do to amuse yourself is... I think you're just, like, discovering... You, you're, like, when you're... You're breaking free from your parents and you're discovering right. new sensations. like Marijuana. Being, yeah. So you're like, we should drink because we're told not to. We I should do this because we're told not to. So much pot in high school. You did? In my senior year. Yeah. I, I, it was was like, it obvious? It was such a classic, like, like decline because my grades the senior year were good, but I had played on, like, some sports teams. Not well, but I was on them, like, sophomore, junior year. Freshman, sophomore, junior year, and then high school, then senior year, I just stopped because I was like, no, I, I want to smoke pot. Yeah. So I would. I told my mom I was still doing the stuff, but I was on tennis team, but I didn't want to do it because if once you're on varsity, you have to wear the skirts. So I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to wear the skirt. Why do you have to wear the skirt? I don't know. They're homophobic. It's weird that they make you wear a fucking skirt. Yeah, for I was tennis. like, yeah, they should. You should also be allowed. I want to be on varsity tennis, too. right? Because of the skirt. Yeah, you can go back to George Stevens Academy and oh, pop up. Oh my god! I remember this one kid in my school. I haven't thought of him until now. He was made fun of because he had a really high voice. Did yeah, he turn out to actually year. be gay? And then no, he wasn't gay, but he ended up to like fit in. Started smoking all this pot. And by junior year, I remember he was like a zombie. Yeah, it fucks you he was up. A zombie, and I. It's thought, a gateway. I didn't know. Well, it was maybe a it's not a gateway. Actually, it was Never his mind. way of getting accepted and having friends, but like it yeah. cost him. Like he would sit in class like a zombie. Just oh, and the thing is too is like I am for like decriminalizing it, but like there's no one I know. Well, I, you eat too many Oreo cookies. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like balance. <laughs> my friend's mom used to smoke pot, and she would find and she was like, I don't want my mom to smoke pot, and she would find the pot and give it to me and my friend Tom, and then her mom How old were you? high school, and then and then. Her mom would be like, you can't do that. And now looking back, I see that, that she was giving us like a Ooh. grand worth of weed. My friend used to take it from her mom because she was like, I don't want my, my, her mom used to smoke pot to like go to sleep, like right, medicinal. Right, right, And she was like, I don't want her smoking pot. Drugs are bad. So you guys so did she would get, she would take it or she'd like flush it down the toilet or she'd give it to me and my friend Tom. But it was like, so we didn't, no wait, this was actually before high school because we didn't know, this was like an eighth grade freshman year. We didn't know the value of marijuana. And then we were like, Margo, you're giving us, you, your mom's upset because you're giving us like $800 worth of like the best marijuana ever. Yeah. Because she was like, like, I don't she, want her smoking pot. But she wants her friends to do it? It was because it was like her mom, I guess. I remember her telling me a secret in elementary school. She's like, I have a secret about my mom. Like she smokes pot. And I was like, oh and my you're God. you're like, whoopty fucking well, I went home and told sure my mom. Like, oh! I was, and I told my mom, and my mom was like, a lot of people smoke, you know, it's okay if her mom smokes pot. And her mom would just do it to fall asleep. But then... You know, I just read that they did a study where you're not supposed to smoke pot before you go to bed because it cancels out a certain chemical that your brain releases when you go into REM that oh. allows you to dream. And so when you stop, you don't get as good as sleep, your brain doesn't oh, get the rest it needs, and when you wake up... Or when you don't smoke pot for a while and you dream, your dreams become more intense because those chemicals are finally released. Now, this is a bare bones description, so don't come at me on Twitter and say, actually, Mateo. Right. I mean, you know. I believe that. It's the same thing with drinking. Like, if you fall asleep drunk. They say drunk, it's the same thing with drinking. Then your brain is having to, you know, it's not it like the cope. same. Yeah. 
It's got all kinds of like shit going on. But I smoked fuck tons of pot in high school. I remember like clam baking cars. I never liked it in we high were school. Just I remember my friends would smoke and I would kind of leave. And there was a group of friends I was friends with. And we actually stopped hanging out because they would just smoke so much pot. I was yeah, like, Yeah, it I gets can't. old. And, and if you're not high, then it's like you're just with two people sitting in silence in a car. Yeah. For like I was an also hour. a singer. So I was like, I have to like rest my voice. I mean, that saved that like, you the know, singing what I mean? did save me actually. And Although I've been not taking care of my voice the past month. I have to start getting back on track. Really? Mm-hmm. Because you're still like talking a lot with comedy. The talking doesn't bother me. It's the not resting enough and not drinking enough water. And I smoked a lot of cigarettes in Italy. Oh, yeah. Cigarettes are like. Th- yeah. I just thought it that. was cool. So smoking right. cigarettes in Italy. But I'm it like, feels I good don't sometimes. even like this. I don't know why I'm doing this right now. I have some questions. Yes. That I printed out from that um, Tyler was nice enough. Should we do these on this or should we send, do them on? Let's do one on this and we'll do the rest of the questions on our Patreon. Okay. Let's see. Okay. Questions. To roast or not to roast? Your podcast is one of the few things that makes me laugh consistently. Definitely my favorite podcast. I will hopefully be MC or keynote speaker for a banquet for my homophobic college. I By want the way, to- we hate your audio. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, your audio. <laughs> We're sucks. fixing it. He didn't, they didn't say it. He or she didn't say this. Um, I will hopefully be MC for a keynote or a keynote speaker for a banquet for my homophobic college. I want to call out, call in the administration to be less shitty about how they handle discrimination and policies, but I don't want to be so blatant that I risk having my degree taken away. Damn. Yes. Do you have any advice on how I can work in comedy and make it tactful in such a way that they get the point to treat minority groups, all groups of students better? Woo! Um, well, that's a rough gig. Because that's a tough gig, man. If you're talking, if you're trying to make something funny that's serious, you have to make sure that you're in the right audience. Otherwise, they'll just take it as a blatant slap in the face. Well, okay. So I actually have something that kind of pertains to this. At my sister's wedding, there were multiple times where people on the groom side of the family said marriage is between a man and a woman. And the pre- two times. And then the they pre- said that out loud? Out loud. Why? In a toast the night before. I don't know. Don't they know you're... Crazy. And it wasn't just that. They had a, they have a, had a, like a closeted gay family member at the time who was... And by closeted, I mean like flaming. Mm-hmm. So, and I remember my sister has a lot of like gay friends and we were all like, what's going on? And then at the wedding... Like the preacher, whatever they're called in the Catholic Church, priest, priest was up there and he said marriage is between a man and a woman. I take this man, this woman. I've been to a million straight weddings. That's never been the case. It was like disturbing. Mm-hmm. So that he said that twice, and I was like, why? Just like say two people or like what are you doing? It's like mm-hmm. getting punched in the stomach. So when I had to do a toast that night, I said, you know, this has been so beautiful. Like you know, marriage is between two people, and I'm so happy for this person who my sister has found to be with these two people to be together. So if you feel that, you know, love between two people should be respected or whatever, whatever. So I kind of, it wasn't like blatant, but it was definitely like. It was a response. It was a response. So if you can find some subtle way where it's like to the people that get it, they'll know what you're doing. And maybe people that like two levels above don't get it or kind of like, what are they saying? Then that's good. And then maybe write like a letter because if you take the banquet as a chance, you can't like, you can't roast them. No, I think actually you're making a good point. Because you don't want to get jumped. Like an easier way to say it would be, 
whatever things negative they said, make sure you imply a positive spin to yeah. to your point of view without bringing up their point of view. Just yeah, let show it be them that subtle. you're successful. And don't make it a direct insult to them. So you don't have to be like, well, so-and-so said this, yes. but well, I feel this. Just say, like you said, you heard earlier what the priest said. So when it's your turn to speak, you say... Um, we'll celebrate marriage between two people, any right. two people, right. you know, that's a subtle wink to let people know that I'm going to make a correction here to what you were saying earlier, because what you said was, was wrong. Exactly. So if you can, and they're asking you to speak. So if it could be like, you know, I'm so happy to like be here and being myself, like, even though that hasn't always been easy, mm-hmm. something like where it's kind of like the triumph is in the positive of you being there not all the shitty things they did and then get the fuck out of there a homophobic mm-hmm. college mm-hmm. come on it's like that's the one place where they're supposed to be like really non-homophobic yeah like if you're holding a banana you have to be like it's okay like right. anybody like, I can't right. think of a joke fast enough um, um, okay, well, we'll answer the rest of the questions on our Patreon so throughout make, this week. Yeah, make sure you join us on our Patreon Join us page. on Patreon. We've got $1 options, so over a dollar you get some more exclusive content, and now we're amping the whole thing up. Yeah, because I'm posting three times a week. I'm going to show people how to draw. We're going to be putting extra, now that we have real microphones, we're going to be putting extra audio on our Patreon. Yep. And now that we have a real producer, we're going to get our life going here. Yep, yep, um, yep. So yeah, make sure you join us and join our Facebook page inside the closet. Yeah, we post our shows and like discounts to shows if we can get you guys comp tickets. Yeah. So and rate and review. Even if you can't think of something to write, just do five stars and write thumbs up or literally anything. Or if you hate us. Or if you hate us. Actually, if you hate us, don't say anything. Yeah, maybe just just write us an email, but don't fuck up the uh, iTunes. Even though we appreciated all the posts about getting better audio that, you know, obviously, like, we listened and here we are. Yeah, we're trying our best. We didn't make any coffee or clip any nails. No nails. Although, next week we're doing it at a nail salon. Yeah, so watch out. So watch out. All right, bye, guys. Thank you, guys.